and welcome back to Bless You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie. I am your co-host and I'm here with Miss Elise. Hello, friends. How are we today? We're good. We're good. We are looking like a tiger with our tan lines. I, well, not our, yours. I don't tan. (laughs) I only am translucent or spray tan. Those are my only two colors, but Callie is tri-toned. Callie literally has the best farmer. It's like an ombre farmer's tan. (laughs) It is an ombre farmer's tan. And it's so good. It's like, I, I clearly wore, well, I think I wore this shirt, this tank top. And then I I've worn a tank top a few times on the weekends. Usually I wear like t-shirts to play pickleball. And then I did not. And so I have this big stripe on my shoulders. And then I have another lovely stripe about halfway down my, what is this upper arm? And so it's just like, it's a little tri-toned ombre tan I have going and it is very obvious. It yes. is not subtle. It is not <laughs> subtle, but it is great. And I'm here for it. And every time I see someone that I haven't seen in a little bit, the reaction is always the same as, oh, why are you so tan? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't I'm starting to look like a negative, you know, like a photo negative. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Nasty. Okay. Tell me your sparkle of the day. And for those of you who are new, a sparkle is something that we've either learned in the past week, or it's like a lesson maybe that we've learned in the past that is relevant this week. But basically we try and basically share like our lives with you. And so it's a way to get to know us instead of us just saying we are uh, the rule and you will listen to everything we say in this is our advice. Cause that's like boring. You need to get to know us. Um, but we also want to give back. So we try and share the lesson we learned. So maybe you can benefit from it too. Yeah. Okay. My sparkle might be like the most exciting sparkle that I've had. Well, yours have been pretty garbage lately. My sparkles have been like literally dumpster fires that we have like sprinkled fairy dust on to like make them sparkles. But this Mm -hmm. one's actually like a genuine positive thing that I think has helped my headspace a lot. But I, so when Carl and I had our fifth transfer for IVF, in May, I feel like all the, the, the time has just like blurred together, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago now. And we, I really thought that we, it was going to work. And so we recorded our reaction to me, like to us looking at our pregnancy stick. Um, cause we both thought that it was going to be like positive and it was going to be, you know, the best moment ever. And it ended up not being positive. And the video was like, gut-wrenching like you it starts out so exciting and then very quickly turns to like the saddest gut punch in the world and you know you go on social media and you see all of these pregnancy announcements that are so exciting and you know I'm for sure gonna be that person to post that one day when I get to that point for sure but I wanted to post the video of us finding out that it was not positive because I think that there's so many people who are triggered by Instagram and pregnancy announcements. And I was like, I want to post this. And it's so raw, so real, so vulnerable. Like I was in my head, it was a draft in my reels for like two weeks. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to post this. I'm going to do it. And it literally went viral. It had 20 million views, which is just 
blows my mind. And I have had just such a response where not just people interacting with it and sending me like thinking of you messages, but people are sending me novels of their journeys. And it's been so reassuring. Carl and I have literally like read through them and we're literally in tears because it's people saying like, you know, I was exactly in your shoes, seven years of infertility, nine miscarriages, a stillborn, like all, and then, and then it happened for us. And we got blessed with two sets of twins. And now I'm literally buying my daughter a dress for, you know, her graduation this weekend. And so it's been so cool because it's not just, you know, I feel like in my circle, I've gone through this process with a lot of people. And for the most part, uh, besides Callie, like everybody has had smooth sailing first round, tons of embryos, first transfer, get pregnant, have a baby, second transfer, get pregnant in their pregnancy. So it's been, you know, Callie and I have really been the only two people out of my circle that have had not the easiest time. Not mine. Isn't that interesting? My whole network is full of horror stories. Yeah. Horror stories, which has been not nice but it's reassuring and valid. You know what? I'm, I'm older though. So it makes complete sense that in your network, cause you're still in your twenties and you started this in your like bona fide twenties. Yeah. And so I would imagine that in that network, it does work instantly. Yeah. And you do just go through the motions and it's like, boom, baby. But when you start in your thirties, not to scare anyone, but you know, my network is just naturally older. It's mm-hmm. mid thirties and um, late thirties. And so I've been surrounded by like like worst possible case scenarios. Like it is, I mean, I think both suck. It's like, if you're going through this and then everyone around you is having luck, you're like, oh shit, there's gotta be one of us that doesn't have luck, you know? And then you're not prepared. You're not prepared for the fact that it's not going to work out. But then when you're surrounded by horror stories, you just know, you're just, you know, too much. Yeah, truly. But it's been really cool to, like I've interacted with hundreds, hun- my, my arthritis in my hands is so bad. I'm literally wearing my arthritis gloves all day, every day, because I'm just, my hands hurt so much from messaging these people back and like interacting with them. But it's been really cool talk. Like so met hundreds of women have said like one day, all of this is going to be a thing of the past. And it's going to be a point on your timeline and you're going to be cuddling your children on your couch and it's all going to be worth it. And like, just literally cling to that. Like, it's just so I've never met a community that's so fucking cool. And so, you know, badass. And so like strangers have been so supportive and it's just has honestly like given me hope in humanity again. Cause it's just, all you hear is like horrible things happening in the world. And it's like, you know, it's just been really, really cool to connect with so many people that are just giving me stories of hope. And it, that's been such a shift in my headspace and like my feelings of the future. And also I started Zoloft. So that's probably the mix too. <laughs> and then I also started a miracle drug that yeah. changed my brain chemistry. So that maybe that's it. No. Yeah. I mean, I follow like, I think I have like four women on TikTok, and I'm like 
super invested in their fertility journey. What's it called? Like a parasocial relationship. Is that what they call this? When you get like very invested in someone on social media that you don't know. Mm. Um, I have four that I follow. One has had success and is like in her pregnancy stage right now. And it was really sweet too, because she like had, you know, she got pregnant and then she was like, okay, like this page is going to change. So like, if you need to unfollow me, like that's totally fine. But then the, uh, and, and they're all friends because they all have met each other like online through this. And so it's like this little group and I'm like, Ooh, can I be friends? And, but, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. You like do get invested with people's stories. Okay. So two fun facts for your sparkle. The equivalent of the city of Los Angeles times five has seen that video, that reel that you posted. What? Yes. That's how many people that is. That's crazy. And then you've gained, I think I did, I did quick math. I think you've gained 23,000 followers. I had 2,700 followers nine days ago. And you have 26 and a half thousand right now. So if you want to follow her, it's Elise underscore Dean. It's two underscores. Someone else took it's underscore underscore Dean. Well, screw that other Elise. I know. Don't follow me. My stuff's boring. Um, but hers is very fun. So do that. Um, okay, my sparkle. So my sparkle more has to do do with Elise. (laughs) Naturally, I don't have one about myself. Um, but we've been talking this week a lot. And okay. Like Elise and I just have very different approaches to life in general. And especially when it comes to fertility. And I don't, I think that she does things the right way. A lot of times I do things by the skin of my teeth. And like, it's not that one way is right. And one way is wrong by any means, but I do think we balance each other out Mm -hmm. in our tactics. And that's why it's been a very beneficial relationship for both of us, because it's like, I don't know. We've just pulled things from each other to help make our journeys easier. But one thing I think I am like infinitively right about is that yes. word? Infinite, infinite. I'm, I'm right about this. I will die on this hill <laughs> <laughs> and I am trying to like implant this into her brain and make it permanent. And I feel like I'm almost there, but uh-huh. like, especially in difficult life situations, the best thing you can do is to be the dumbest person in the room. Like every time I strive to be the dumbest person in the room in a lot of situations. Like that's just kind of how I live my life. This is advice. I think my dad gave me a long time ago. It's like, if you want to get better, if you want to get smarter, if you want to raise your frequency, if you want to do whatever, like be the worst one. Right. And just kind of leech off these other brilliant people. But when it comes to a medical problem, like, holy shit, you want to feel so dumb. You need to feel like you have one brain cell when you're doing this because you need to be around such smart people. And obviously we talk about advocating for yourself and doing your own research. And I'm not trying to diminish that, but like, if that's your saving grace, this is not going to end well, because that means that you have more information and are smarter than the person who's steering the ship. And mm. like, it's sad that both of us got to that place. Uh, Cause we did. I mean, we, we did, but you more so than me. And then I found a doctor who I want to kiss the ground. He walks on and yeah. anything he says, I'm like, yes, that is God's truth. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, so great. I'm so obsessed with this man. Um, and so anyway, I feel like you're there now. 
Like you are in a situation where you are the dumbass of the group. Thank yeah. God. And so, but you, you find yourself going back to your old, old tendencies of like, I need to make sure I'm not missing anything. And I'm like, Elise, you are no longer in control. Like you have done. And by the way, the situation that you're in now is due in part to research and advocacy and all of that and saying, this situation is not good enough for me. So I'm going to go with a different situation. That's better for me. But it's like, now you need to let it be better for you. Yeah, totally. It's like the house is no longer on fire, but I'm still like spraying the fire extinguisher. Cause I'm like, what if there's an after spark, you know, but yeah. you know, no, like- the house burned to the ground. You went through <laughs> new construction and have a brand new house and you still are getting the fire extinguisher out. And it's like, it's over. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, I think it's, I have a control problem as it is. Like that's not new news to anybody who's ever listened to this podcast or known me or interacted with me, but you know, my last doctor was an and idiot. I think, it, well, I think that that was like truly like a, a mind fuck for me and like definitely a toxic relationship because he gave me no guidance. Like I was, I was doing all the research, all the legwork, bringing all of these things to him. And he was basically like, you're the driver, whatever you want to do. And it's like, that puts so much pressure on me to like, figure that out. And then when it doesn't work, that's like blame that comes, you know, like automatically where I'm like, Oh, I wish, you know, and it's just, it was not a good situation. I don't even like it when a server does that. Like if a server is like, whatever you want to eat. I'm like, no, you work here. What's good. Yeah. Like you tell me, like, I mean, I'm not saying I never make my own decisions, but like, if I can help it, it's it's just that I like to rely on experts. Like that's what they're fucking there for. Yeah. What is the point of you if you're not going to help me make the best decision with the knowledge that you have that I don't like, yeah. I don't, I hate that. I mean, I'm not mad at servers when they're like, I'm like, okay, well, they don't care about this job and that's fine. And I get it. Being a server sucks. So, so whatever, I'm not going to bother you. But like, I, I, there is something to be said for, especially a medical pro- professional. Like it is not up to the patient. It shouldn't be up to the patient. We can like, obviously say, what we need and what we're looking for. But I mean, absolutely insane. Also, I will never forget the day that I Googled your doctor and my heart went into my toes. And I, I know. Was like, oh my God. I know. I know. Oh my God. I'm not going to school shame, but oh my God. I was just like, this guy failed yeah. high school geometry and chemistry. And, and probably anatomy and <laughs> didn't get into medical school in the United States. So. Eee, I'm sorry. It's a no. It's a no. <laughs> I need to do a post on like red flags of doctors. Whereas like, I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I knew exactly where my doctors went to med school, where they did the residency and where they did their fellowship. Like, I, because if you went to the same caliber of school that I did, that's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to put myself down, but it's just like, I need some like name brand shit. And I know at university of Texas, very name brand, love it. Go horns. But I need some Harvard on that resume. Okay. I need like some, some big old names because yeah. this is a big old problem yeah. that we need solving. And my new doctor was literally like, you are not like, no offense, but like, you're not complicated. Like you're, this is, this is <laughs> like special. This is not a complicated. Cause I went in there. I, in my like 
you have to like fill out a history, health history, whatever. And I was like, we are a very complicated case exclamation times 10. And he said that he opened that and was like nervous. And then he read through my history and was like, I do not mean offense. And I do not mean to like minimize or invalidate, but like, you are not complicated. This is not a complicated case <laughs> at all. I mean, you're just not a, and you know, unexplained fertility 24 year old, which that's yeah. like the easiest out there. I mean, that's a walk in the park, but you're just not complex. I agree. I was telling you that I was like, Elise, you're not special. Love yeah. you. You're not special. This yeah. is so common anyway. So yeah, be the dumbest person in the room. That is the best thing that you can do for yourself. I'm it, enjoying it. It really Truly. does ease your anxiety too. Cause you're like, you know, I'm not trying to say you need to turn off your alarm bells or like your intuition or anything like that. There is always a healthy balance, but your intuition should be telling you you're the dumbest person. in the room. So shut up and yeah. listen to what other people are saying, because that's what you're paying them for. Amen. Like, what is the point of paying someone to do their job? If you don't even trust them. Exactly. Zero. Zero. Okay. So let's move into today's letter, which I forgot to tell you what we're talking about, but whatever, we're already there. So surprise. (laughs) Okay. Bless you. Okay. So I'm an 18 year old medical student. Ooh, she's smart. I live with my parents and three younger sisters. My mom is an autoimmune patient. She was diagnosed with four different autoimmune diseases over the years, ever since I was born. Recently, new symptoms started to appear on her. So we visited many doctors to get a diagnosis and then a treatment, but doctors don't know what that disease might be. They thought of every possible disease, even cancers, but blood tests don't show anything clear. My mom's condition keeps on worsening and doctors prescribed her many different meds, but nothing is working. Besides all of that, my dad is always fighting with my mom and they are planning to get divorced. I tried to fix their problems, but I couldn't. Now, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I can't watch them get a divorce. I feel like because I'm the eldest daughter that it's my responsibility to help them. I even broke up with my boyfriend because I am not able to be around anyone at the moment or to talk to anyone. I don't want to burden him with all of this, so I barely talk to him. I also can't study and have upcoming exams. Any advice, please? From, is it Laura or Laura? 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 Laura, there's no you, (laughs) Laura. Um, It's pretty no matter what it is. I'm just not sure. Okay, there's a lot here and I feel like we could tag team this because I am a child of divorce and the eldest daughter Mm -hmm. and you are someone who has suffered from autoimmune disease. Yep. Who wants to go first? Tag your it. Okay, sure. Um, Well, you know, she says that, I mean, first my thought goes to like, the health aspect of it. And autoimmune issues are really complicated because they're kind of in that like gray area of diseases. Like with me and my health history, I was misdiagnosed with four or five autoimmune disorders and they really weren't even sure. They were kind of like, we're not sure about this, but this is the closest thing. So autoimmune issues in general are kind of a gray area, but you know, going to, I didn't have any luck in the traditional medical field. You know, all of my tests came back. You're fine. There's nothing wrong. It must be in your head. And so I would recommend getting in with a naturopath or someone, some practitioner that's going to try to get to the root of the issue 
and see, you know, and that it's expensive because it's not covered by insurance, but I, I know the pain and the heartache of like going to all these doctors doing all of these tests. It's so traumatic. It's like secondary trauma on the entire family and everybody involved. And especially if you're all living under one house, like that's just like a lot with health and then like your parents and then feeling responsible for your younger siblings and then trying to live your own life. So like, I think in terms of health, like that's where I would target first is really try to get in with a great autoimmune naturopath. Um, my lady is amazing. I've actually had so many of my clients go see her also and have had amazing luck with their health and are on their healing journeys and feeling so much better. Her name is Dr. Judy Hinojosa and she, her practice is called Vitality Wellness Clinic and it's in Tempe, Arizona. Um, if anybody has any questions, but she's, she's great. And she, if she's not the person for you, she would be able to direct you to someone that I think could help. Um, they do 15 minute free consultations too. And they have, they're just wonderful there. Like I truly think she saved my life. So that would be my first thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. So get mom in with Dr. Judy. That <laughs> would be good. Um, but really this isn't necessarily about the health issues that your mom is going through because your mom is an adult who's been dealing with this, what sounds like at least for 18 years. Um, so she like knows the drill. I obviously she doesn't feel well. And so I could see how she might need some guidance or some, some support, but it's not like she is completely incapable of figuring this out. Um, and so just know that, you know, that is an option for her, but I think what's really sticking out to me is one, I can't watch them get a divorce and two, I'm the eldest daughter. So it's my responsibility and I need to fix their problems. It's funny. The eldest daughter thing is like totally a thing. Like, I'm not going to lie. I have this stupid fucking cat living with me right now. And it's not actually my brother's fault. It is my mother's fault because she called me every day sobbing when they were going to put the cat down. And she didn't want to put the cat down because the cat originally lived with my mom for about a month. My mom was like, I hate this fucking cat. This cat sucks. And then she called me crying. She was like, well, I feel bad because we're going to kill the cat. But like, I don't want to kill the cat because the cat's fine, but he's just the shittiest cat ever. So of course what happened? I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> Well, really, th there's something to say about like family dynamics and sibling order. There's yeah. like Adlerian sibling order and it goes through like, you know, and it's correlates to gender and obviously the order that you're born in, but th right. those like independent feeling responsible mm -hmm. achiever mentality, nurturing and taking care of others. Like those are all characteristics of firstborn children. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. We, we do feel responsible. I felt responsible to an extent. I mean, this was Andrew's fault too. He's like, we'll take the cat. And then I was like, yeah, I don't like that. My mom's crying. And yet now guess what? If this cat does not pass away on his own natural terms in about six months, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my actual mind. But anyway, point is, is I understand that desire and that, um, false responsibility that we have in order to keep everything together. 
I'm also a child of divorce. And let me tell you, you can watch your parents get divorced. Is it fun? No, but is it possible? Yes. And also you're completely negating like the whole concept that they plan on getting divorced. So like they have decided that is what best, that's what's best for them. And it's like, you've created this dynamic where you know best, right? Where you're the one who has to fix the problems. You think that they shouldn't get a divorce, all this stuff. And it's like, your parents are adults who have lived on this green earth longer than you have. So you need to trust that they're doing what is best for them. I understand that that's going to be a weird family dynamic. Uh, my parents actually got divorced when I was around 18 too. It's weird. Like, I'm not trying to say there's ever a good time to get divorced because like, I wouldn't probably like it when I was eight either. Cause like you go to different houses, but like you do get accustomed to it and you get used to it. It is weird because it's like this line in the sand where it's like your entire childhood, you had this family of origin and then you're an adult and it's like, gone. And so it is like a very bizarre concept, but you can do it. And I'm going to encourage you to let it happen. You need to let your parents do what they want to do. This fighting that's constantly happening. If you think that's not affecting her health or making this worse or worse or more stressful, I mean, it's got to be. And so, you know, stepping away from that is a big part of this. And I think you can still be that supportive daughter by supporting the decisions that your parents are making by supporting your mom's health, by saying, Hey, I listened to this podcast and apparently Dr. Judy's the shit and like helping her get in contact with her and helping her figure out appointments and helping her, you know, when she's not feeling well, but it's like trying to take over and be in control is not the answer. Well, that I was like, as I'm reading this, I totally like resonate with that because as we've talked about in this podcast and all of the podcasts, I have a control issue and that it's that quote that says, you know, you're afraid to surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control in the first place. All you had was anxiety. Anxiety gives you a false perception of control. And I think you probably living in a home where your mom is so sick and you have younger siblings and your parents are fighting and you're, you know, not meeting the expectations of your boyfriend, or you feel conflict there. Like that is a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety that you're probably dealing with, but not processing and, and to counteract not processing, I'm sure you're just tightening your grip on all of the things and relying on more control and more control and more control. And let me tell you, when you get in to the spiral and the hole of having your fingers sunken into so many aspects of your life, it is very, very, very hard to release that and, and let go without someone literally slapping you across the face and saying like, you don't have control over this. This is not your responsibility. And you need to like, let go from this. And like, that is what we are telling you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because your life is going to be defined by everybody else and not by you. I mean, if you look at this, it's like, I, you know, you are actively making the choice. It doesn't feel like a choice, but it is a choice. You are active, actively making a choice to throw away your medical field career. If you don't study for your exams, you are actively choosing to throw away what sounds like perhaps a supportive relationship. I'm not really sure. You didn't really give a lot of details there, but you're throwing away 
a support and probably a huge factor, um, in your happiness in your life. Like these are two critical things that you need career and love in order. I mean, you don't need love, I guess, but it's like, we aspire to these things and we build on these things. And, and a lot of times traditionally, that's what makes a happy life. And you're pushing them away because you've decided that you need to be your family savior. And I'm telling you that you don't. And in fact, if you actually listen to what your family wanted for you, it would probably be a lucrative, successful field in medicine and an amazing supportive partner to help you through tough times, because that's literally what relationships are for. Like if you can't lean on each other, they're pointless. Um, I don't know, like, again, it's hard to speak on this because it's like, I don't think boyfriend said you're burdening me. I think you decided that if you ask for help or that if you become someone who needs support, then you're a burden. And it's like, okay, is that how you view everyone else around you? Do you view your mom as a burden? It's like, probably, I mean, maybe, but you don't have to, that's the thing. I don't think your mom is asking you to do all of these things. I think you are taking so much and putting it on your shoulders when you don't have to. And that's making your life way harder than it needs to. Now, some of this might be chemically related. And what I mean by that is you might have generalized anxiety disorder. You probably need to start therapy, um, maybe even coaching. I'm not sure where we're at in this. Um, so I don't want to throw out joy blush. If that's not the right fit, you might need something more intense in the beginning because we've got a lot of codependency going. We have a ton of enmeshment going. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you're having a hard time viewing your identity outside of your family dynamic, Mm -hmm. which is basically the definition of enmeshment. Where like, you don't know where you start and someone else's, someone else begins. Yeah. And have you ever heard that, that reel that's like, and who takes care of you? And she's like, I do like that. Yeah. I'm getting major, like who's you're, you're so preoccupied with showing up for your parents and trying to resolve that, trying to show up for your mom, trying to show up for your siblings, trying to do what's best for in your mind, your boyfriend, like who's there for like who you're probably not even leaving that door open for anybody to show up and be there to support you because you're so preoccupied with everybody else. No, she shut the door. Yeah. The door was ajar. Yeah. And then she shut it. And look, you're 18. We're not trying to be hard on you. A lot of people don't even have this wake up call until they're probably 30. Yeah. Uh, but you're 18, which means you can get a head start. And you're 18, which means it's only going to get worse. You are going to continue to perpetuate this cycle for the rest of your life. If you don't stop it at some point. And this is a great time because the stakes are high. Mm -hmm. 18 year old medical student. She's not in medical school. She's an undergraduate. She's in college, right? Well, yeah, she's in college. Unless she's a superhuman. A prodigy. Yeah. Maybe Which a- in that case, use those brain cells to get out of this dynamic. <laughs> yes. Maybe we are talking to a prodigy, but maybe we're talking to a college student. It, it doesn't matter. The stakes are still high. Yeah. If you want to go to medical school or nursing school or be in the medical field at all, the stakes are high. We just got done talking on a tirade about how important it is that you go to a doctor who knows what they're frigging talking about. And then you go to a doctor who is smart enough to get into medical school within the United States. Sorry, we're going to be snobs about that. That's just the way it goes because starting a family is important. And so the stakes are high for you right now. And you can't sit here and craft your life around people 
who have the wherewithal to make their own decisions. I understand that your mom's health is very important. I'm not saying, okay, well, too bad. Her fault. You need to go. It's like, no, you can still support your mom. Just like I took in fucking grandpa for my mom. Is my mom a full functioning adult? Yes. Did I come in and rescue and save the day? Yes. Do I regret it? Every second of every day. <laughs> but you know what? Does it make me feel kind of good that I helped her out? I guess a little, but it's like, you can still be there to emotionally and physically support people without taking over. Yeah. Well, like, it's, it's boundaries. It's a lack of complete boundaries here and a lack of, I think your own identity and how you've defined that because you've defined it by the means of showing up for everybody around you. And it's like, you have the rest of your life ahead of you. And so the sooner that you can learn these lessons and implement these things to protect yourself and your future, while also balancing that out with showing up for the people that you love and then retreating when it's exhausting and too much for you, like those are going to be, I mean, shit, I only learned that couple years ago, you know? And so the sooner that I think you can learn that and implement that, you're going to be happier. You're going to be less exhausted. You're going to be less anxious and you're going to be able to show up for the people that you really love and care about without feeling burdened, without feeling exhausted, without feeling this sense of urgency and desperation that you have all of the weight on of the world on your shoulders to fix all of this. Like, it's mm-hmm. too much. Should we play worst case scenario? Yes. I literally, you just read my mind. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do is when you have a fear of something happening and you feel the, the thing that's so. Oh, no, no, no. I want to show her what her life could be if she doesn't snap out of this. Oh, okay. Well, I was, I was, going, I was going in a different direction, yeah, yeah. but, but we'll do both. Like picture this your ex-boyfriend who you were in love with and decided to kick to the curb is married with three children and happy and you are alone and wanting a relationship, but no one understands you the way that he did, but you kicked him to the curb. That was your decision. And you are no longer working towards a medical degree. In fact, you had to get a job locally and you're not fulfilled. You're still living at home, taking care of everyone else. Your parents ended up getting a divorce anyway, and you are resentful and angry and bitter and hate all of your life choices. And no one around you is happy anyway. That's bad. And that is probably where you're heading right now. If you don't stop and start putting yourself first, because the thing about it is when you put yourself first, here's another option. Here's another sliding doors. You stop this right now. You start putting yourself first. You maybe look into anti-anxiety meds. You start working with a therapist or a blush coach, maybe a therapist first though. And then blush is like your maintenance cheerleader to make sure that you don't fall back into bad patterns. Okay. So you are with this boyfriend or another boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't care who is supportive and listens to your bad days. You are a doctor or a naturopath. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or some sort of physician that actually helps people diagnose autoimmune disorders. Because as we know, this is so tough to diagnose. What if you go into that field because you studied your butt off, you passed all your exams, you got into the school you wanted to, and you become a leader in the field of helping people just like your mom 
diagnose these horrific diseases that just upend people's lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you make enough money and have enough resources to help your mom, right? Live her life as a single lady, or maybe she's newly dating and she's like really happy. Okay. And your three sisters are looking at you and they're like, I can do this too. And they go out and create independent, rich lives for themselves. And everyone is thriving. Everyone still has their problems, but mostly everyone is happy and you are happy. And that all stemmed from you putting your oxygen mask on first, right? Like Ooh. they tell moms to do on airplanes because our instinct, right? Is going to be to put it on the little potato. But it's like, no, you got to put it on you so that you can help little potato. Like that's where we're at. Yeah. And I don't I mean to scare the shit out of you, but that is my biggest fear for you right now. I like that. I like the best case scenario better. <laughs> yeah. Best case scenario is awesome. I mean, best case and best case scenario is totally doable. Totally doable. Like that is not a far cry at all. If you just start making decisions to stop living your life for other people. And when we say start making these decisions, like you don't need to like go in one day and announce that everything is changing. I think it just takes little baby adjustments where maybe you don't get involved when your parents are in their next argument. Maybe you walk away and you, you know, go do some self-care. Maybe you go on a date with someone that you're really excited about instead of staying at home and feeling like you need to clean the entire house to help out everybody. You know, like it's just these teeny tiny, it's baby steps make huge changes. I think the biggest change she needs to make right now is talking to some, like, I think this letter was a huge step. Yeah. Like, I think it was a huge step. So I, I don't want to just gloss over that. This was her reaching out for help. Yep. And while we are strangers, we do know what we're talking about, but I think the next step needs to be reaching out to someone, either a professional that you can get to know or someone you do know yeah. and being practicing vulnerability practicing the, I don't have it all together. I don't know how I'm going to pass my exams. I don't think I have it in me to watch my parents get a divorce. I'm scared about my mom's health. Like these are all valid things. These are all things to freak out about. Okay. Like again, as I said earlier, the stakes are high. Okay. I hear you. I believe you. I'm in it with you, but you're pretending like they aren't to everyone else. And that's the troublesome part. And so if you can start acknowledging it to yourself, acknowledging it to others, it becomes real. And then I think it becomes a lot clearer on what you need to do in order to tread water. And then you're going to start swimming and then you're going to start floating. And it's just going to feel so much easier. I love it. I also, the worst case scenario plan that I was that. Oh yeah. Let's play your game. Yeah. Um, it's not a game. It's just a helpful, uh, tactic from a fellow anxious Zoloft galley. Um, so I think like with the fear of, you know, she's, she's scared about her parents getting divorced. And I think the fear is compounded with not feeling like you're going to be able to handle that situation if it unfolds the way that you think it's going to. So in those scenarios, you know, like my biggest fear was our transfer not working or having another miscarriage or whatever. And that's like, I don't, the fear comes from like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through that. So how I counteract that is actually make a plan if it happens. So like, 
if your parents get divorced, which it sounds like they're going to, like that's already set in stone. What are you going to do? Like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a therapist. I'm going to talk to that therapist and be vulnerable. I'm going to maybe move out of the house, you know, like come up with an actual tangible game plan so that you know, okay, if this happens, I already have, I already don't need to think about it. If it happens, I already came up with the plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you come up with your plans by yourself, Elise? No, no. I haven't done shit by myself for the past year and a half. Thank God for <laughs> Callie not- Rogers. I mean, no, I'm not trying to be like, no, it was me too. I'm no, just but- saying like, why the hell would you want to come up with a plan by yourself? You I mean, don't, you don't, you don't. To. No, it's, it's too much. And it's so much easier, you know, to be vulnerable and to have someone sit in that place with you who genuinely cares. And if you have to pay for that person, who fucking cares? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's what therapists are for. And they're literally professionals. And we have talked all about getting in with experts here, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're not supposed to life is so hard. Truly life is so hard. You don't have to, and you shouldn't go through all of that hard on your own. No, not at all. I wish I could like condense my, one of my besties, um, dissertations. She wrote a dissertation about the impact of friendship on neuroscience and like actually how good friendships rewire and affect the brain. It like changes the elasticity in things. And it's like, actually, scientifically proven that friendships are beneficial. It's like, it sounds like, yeah, no doubt, but it's like, it actually changes the wiring in our brain. That is fascinating. And so it it doesn't sound like you are relying on friendships at all. Now, Elise and I happen to be blessed that at least for my, like three out of four of my really close friends (laughs) happen to have their masters in counseling. It is divine. Like, I know that I'm privileged, at least I'm sure that I don't know. I don't know about you. If all, if all of your friends has, have their master's in counseling, but like, no, but we are, yeah, I am very privileged that my best friends just happen to also know what they're talking about, but, but that's not what this dissertation is about. The dissertation isn't like only if your friends are trained in this, it's like, it's basically actually proving this is going to be crazy coming from me that friendships have just as powerful of an impact on you as good therapy does. Meaning if you can't afford therapy right now, start with friends, Yeah, you know, start with people in your life that can support you and get in with you. Because when Elise and I troubleshoot something that we're going through, especially from my perspective with Elise, it's like, do I feel it? Yes. Was I traumatized when she shared her transfer outcome? A hundred percent. Was I upset? Yes like very upset. And so what happened was I processed it with her. I was a fresh set of eyes. I was the person that I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do now though. Like, you don't worry about it. I've been thinking like I came up with plans for her for worst case scenario, Yeah. (laughs) but then I had to go process it with one of my best friends. (laughs) I literally had to be like, I don't, how do I handle that? And then I had to get a fresh set of eyes for my response to Elise's trauma, but like that's the beauty of this is that 
I am also the support for Elise and I understand that it's so heavy that I can't even do this by myself. So I need someone to support me while I'm supporting. It's like this chain reaction of support yeah. because I know that I can't do this all by myself. Yeah. You're not, so, I mean, you're not supposed to, you know, no. it's like, you're not supposed to carry heavy things alone. It's like who the fuck wants to carry a couch by themselves moving. Well, it's also the Instagram post that you posted a few days ago, which is not everything is yours to carry. Yeah. It's not yours to carry the burden of this divorce. Yeah. Like that's not your, that's not your war. That's not your battle. That's not your burden. It's just not. And I remember when my parents were going through a divorce and don't get me wrong. I like went through the motions and I was upset, but then I like kind of got over it really quickly. Like I was looking at my mom and I was like, look, like if you're going to get divorced, like fucking let's go (laughs) chop, chop lady. Like my mom takes forever to process things. That's just her style. Whereas I was like, I'm already over it. So like, are you going to do it or what? (laughs) Okay. And, um, I remember one of my mom's best friends being like, Callie is not handling this the right way. Like she seems fine. She's okay. Like this is going to hit her years later and she's going to fall apart. And guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, it did not because (laughs) I decided that it was not my burden to carry. Yeah. I just chose that I wasn't going. And as the eldest daughter, it was tempting, right? It was, and don't get me wrong. Was I there for my mom? Yes. Was there a little enmeshment? Yes. Did I go and see every fucking house in the market in Dallas for her to look at, make an offer on, and then withdraw that offer? Yes, that happened. So I'm not trying to say I was like, you deal with it. I mean, there was definitely some borderline codependency stuff going on, but like it never got too out of hand. It never got too extreme. And then I just decided like, this isn't my thing. Like, I don't have to be gut wrenched about this if I don't want to be. And then I wasn't. And people's reaction to me being fine was that I wasn't fine. And I was like, want to bet. So like, you don't have to carry everything that comes your way. And I think sometimes people need to get permission, you know? So this is this Callie literally just gave you permission for this to not be your burden anymore. Yep. I did. I don't know where I got permission from. It's probably a selfish little twat, but (laughs) uh, maybe they, you know what? Maybe they gave me permission. I bet that's what happened. I bet my dad and my mom were both like, this is not your shit to worry about. And I was like, got it. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I bet that's what happened. Your parents are probably so stressed out and in it that they haven't even thought about that. Or maybe they're just used to you coming in and rescuing and like it. Yeah. And that's, that's also not an excuse. So even if no one's giving you permission in your own life, you did choose to write into us. And so for some reason you've decided we kind of know what we're talking about. So here's your consequences. We're giving you permission to just let go. Walk, yeah. Let go. I was going to like walk away. I was like, that's intense. Don't walk away, yeah. but you can let it go. Let, you let it go. Let it go. And the glass cracks. <laughs> I'm kidding. So pretty. Such a pretty voice. Um, okay. You need to go study because you have some exams coming up and it's up to you about if you want to repair things with your boyfriend, I'm not going to push that. I don't have enough information. Uh, but I will say what happened, your justification for leaving him behind is not good. Yeah. Not good. If you consider yourself a burden to me, that shows low self-esteem 
hence why I would also seek out some therapy to work on that because you are a rock star, just given everything that we've learned and you have no reason to feel like you would burden someone else with this stuff. Um, I always feel like it's an honor to help people that I'm close with. I do not feel like it is an honor to help people that I am not close with. If you don't know my last name or my middle name, like don't, that's not cool. Except for this podcast. That's why I was like, this podcast is great. Yeah. You know, cause I will help you, but, um, you're not a burden to people. You like, no, yeah. Like I consider it like a huge place of privilege that I get yeah. to be there for people. Yeah. I, t- I do too. Elise wants to be there for everyone. She's not as big of a bitch as I am. <laughs> and that's why I have arthritis hands. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, do we have anything else for Laura? Laura? I have, oh, I have Laura. No, no final thoughts except for I have all the hope in the world for you. I do too. I do too. Yeah. I think she, if she could channel this energy of wanting to help into healthier right? Avenues. Uh, I think that would be great, which medicine sounds like a great avenue to channel all of this helping energy into. Yeah. I see a door opening behind you. (gasps) Carl's literally crawling on the floor. (laughs) Carl, I don't think anyone actually sees video of this. It's just audio. Carl, do you want (laughs) to say hi on our podcast? Yes, sorry. (laughs) Everyone say hi to Carl. Okay. Bye Carl. So funny. Okay. Anyway, uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, if you want to submit your letter or your story to us, you can email us. You can at bless you at joinblush.com. but we found the online submission is a lot easier. So if you just go to joinblush.com, which is just our homepage, you'll see a tab that says podcast and you can submit your story there. I think that might be easier for most people. And it's also linked on our Instagram, uh, like the link in our bio. So you can write in. Oh yeah. Social media. Very important. And then if you want to give coaching a try, remember Elise like randomly opens up her window. I do not, but Elise does. And maybe it's not right now. I don't know. It's it's not right now, but okay. Well, it's not right now. I'll open it for people if they, if it's a good fit. Yeah. Elise is a fucking pushover. So if you really... Truly. <laughs> if you want to work with her, she might say yes. And you can use promo code bless you all caps, uh, for 25% off your first month. Please note that the app, uh, that the promo codes don't work. If you sign up via the app, because Apple takes like 30%, it's insane. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, no, we like, I can't afford that. So sign up via the website. Yeah. If you're going to use promo code, I've gotten that feedback and I'm like, yeah, sorry nothing I can do about it. So sign up via the website, please. And thank you. That wraps up today's episode. Thank y'all for listening as always. Oh, and, um, I haven't said this in a while. Please leave a review five stars. Please. And thank you. Five, five out of five. Yeah. Five out of the five. We appreciate it. Okay. Well, we will see y'all soon. See you next week.